They were three of football's matinee idols during the 1960s and 70s. John Sammy Newman, Barry Richardson and Peter Hudson all turned 70 during the summer of 2015-16. We brought them together to reflect on 50 years in the big time. You're gaining on us. I think it's like you look the oldest. Do you reckon 10 is decent? Well, that's a nice touch from the Maros. Happy 70th birthday, Hilary. Thank you. Thank you. Our man's 70 today, Sammy. Oh, 70 today. Today. Good man. Thank you very much. In fact, he's the youngest of the tree. The baby. I'm the baby of the tree. Which makes you the oldest. Yeah, a month older than him exactly. Month, month, month. Just dribbling, you are. And we're still vertical. Yeah. We've all got our hair. Now, let's go back to 67. I mean, that's the common theme here. You finally take Hawthorne's money and come to Melbourne. You lose a kidney in the finals in 67, you win your first of your premierships. Yep. Did you know much about each other then? Uh, look, I knew a fair bit about Sam, or John as I called him from way back, I think. Um, you know, even from school days actually, when he was at Geelong Grammar. Yep. And I was in Pats, we, there used to be a, a thing in the Sporting Globe called School Sport by Dominus. Dominus. Correct. And uh, there you go, <laughs> Dominus. <laughs> and I remember him yeah, from them. And I also remember in 1967 that we were not displeased that he had uh, got injured before 67, I think, second semi or grand final. Yeah. Because you played the Cats in the grand final. played the Cats in the grand yeah. final, yeah. And he was in hospital. He was in hospital. Yeah. Now, let's go back to the start of 67. This bloke here on my right, the birthday boy. He kicked 469 goals in his previous four seasons in Tassie. Finally comes to Melbourne. It was huge, wasn't it? Huge. It's amazing how he kicked them and uh, how he... Uh, how he got them. How he got them. And uh, therein is another story, if you look at what's going on today. But do you remember the, the, the fanfare about sort of Hudson finally coming to I Melbourne? I do. Yeah, absolutely. Yep, it was huge. And uh, one of the great things about uh, the game then, as opposed to... Um, Maybe today. I knew we'd get to that. No, I'm, I'm not about to knock the game today uh, because the people who play it are stars. It's just the way it's played. We'll it might to, be something to check. We'll get back about. to what's been lost from the game. Now, Barry, Hutto, you mightn't be, uh, you might, this might surprise you, but he kept you goalless one year, 1969. <laughs> Do you remember that? No. You wouldn't, <laughs> no. You wouldn't remember that. You've got selective memory. Yeah, selective memory. <laughs> yeah. There's some things I choose to forget very easily. Yeah. Might, yeah. That was the first time in, that was your third season yeah. in Melbourne. You'd kicked yeah. 16 goals against Melbourne two weeks previous. Yes. And you come I up remember that. that. How old were you when you came in 67? Uh, I was 20, 21. And the fanfare is mixed here. Were you nervous? Uh, was the build-up, uh, was it disconcerting? Well, it was. And uh, I, I suppose coming from little old you Tassie. <laughs> no, <laughs> coming, I'm interested. Coming remember. from little old Tassie, and all I knew about VFL in those days was every Monday night we get the last quarter of the match of the day. Mm. That's all we'd see in black and white. So it was all yeah, a whole new thing to me. But I must say that when I got to Melbourne, and being a boy from the bush, as they say, I went past some news agencies, and there was the thing out the front saying I'd arrived in Melbourne. The poster. <laughs> yeah. The posters, yeah. yeah. So I yeah. thought, oh, gee, this is uh, probably a bit different to what I thought it was. Hado, do you remember what the Hawks uh, parted with to 
get you to, across the best track? Yes, I, I do, but I can't disclose it because some of the players that played with, with me at that time might have been upset. Oh, right. <laughs> Statue of limitations <laughs> surely up. What, what, couple of... So we were into decimal... No, we were into... Um, 1966. Yeah, yeah. yeah, no, I got a, a few dollars. What'd you get? Come on. I'll tell you what I'll do, Sam. <laughs> what? I'll tell you what I got if you tell me what you get paid to go on the footy show. But, but that, oh, <laughs> nice, nice comeback. <laughs> Hello. Mate, that's 50 years, that's 50 years ago. It's relevant, all relevant or relative today. Yeah. Well, Ollie Farmer got £2,000 to come over in 63. 62. And I think I was somewhere around about that. But mind you, the first house I bought in East Burwood was, was $13,500. Yeah, yeah. I was happy. Yeah. I remember he played on Wes Loss. That's the first game. First game. First game. He, and he roughed you up, so, didn't he? Yeah, yeah well, oh I don't God. know what happened, but my mouth got finished up quite a distance <laughs> away from me. <laughs> so I, don't, I think it was an accident. But uh. Now, Bones, let, let's go to that game in 69. Richmond yeah. are playing Hawthorne. He's kicked 16 goals two weeks previous. Yep. What was your strategy? Well, it was, we talked about you know television, so he was on the news, you know, the, uh, you know, black and white news. I remember sort of watching this and watching this and watching this and thinking, this is not going to be a good day. You know, <laughs> I've got to play on this fellow. And something about full back, there is a certain, you know, it's a very much a, a contest by contest sort of game, and you're very proud of what you, you know try and do. But it's nerve-wracking. You know, playing full-back on good players is absolutely nerve-wracking. So for the two weeks, I'm sort of watching this news, and he, as he was so good at, and I learned later that he enjoyed players doing all that stuff to him, because that meant he just sort of push off and run back into goal or whatever. So I kind of figured... Um, Couldn't do that today. Wasn't a good idea. Um, so I prepared let him have five or six or whatever it's going to be from, you know, leading or playing in front or whatever. But as you know, Pete might remember, I just went and ran out in the ground and just Tommy had a heart attack. Tommy had fear. Yeah, because I, I stood about 20 metres behind him and just kind of stood there. And, you know, the Hawthorne guys naturally just kicked, kicking the ball over his head. Explain this to me. Now, he yeah. never left the goal square, right? Mm -hmm. That's known. He had seven kicks that day. Mm -hmm. Where the other, yeah, and he kicked three behinds. Where the other four go? I, I probably had a bounce. <laughs> <laughs> because look, as I yeah. said to you, Mike, you know, when people sort of say, and I've, you know, we've laughed about it sometimes. We, you know, we get in a room and uh, you know, someone invariably says, uh, "Aren't you the blank that kept Peter goalless?" And I usually always answer, "Yeah, but it wasn't that hard. <laughs> you know, he couldn't play. You know, he had a fat bum, a bit slow." Um, so really, it wasn't such a big well, feat. Before you jump in, what do you, what do you <laughs> want to say? Would it be not lost on you or the viewer <laughs> that he never left the goal square, yeah. nor did Tony Lockett, nor did Doug Wade, and they are the three preeminent goal kickers yeah. ever. Point being, don't get sucked up the ground. Hmm. Well, if you are domiciled to play in a position and your main job is to kick goals, why would you be anywhere else but around about there? But you don't like the modern game, do not you? Not at all. No. Anything about it you like? Uh, not a lot, but uh, having said that, uh, this is by no means to um, uh, speak ill of or downgrade the talent and expertise of the people who play it. It's just the way it's played. I, I would I'd venture to say this. People who had played the game, unless they have a vested interest in uh, talking it up, in the last 20 years, the mid-90s or 
the turn of the century, the people who'd played it, there'd be very few people who think it's good. Well, here's two of them that played and well, I, have I, a vested I, interest. I, I bet you they don't. I bet you they don't think it's a great game today as it was in the past. Well, Hutto? I <laughs> uh, probably fly in the face of what Sam's talking about because I love the game. I could watch it every day of the week. Um, there are things about it that I don't like, but then again, in our time, there were things about the game that people complained about. Uh, but I know where Sam's coming from. I, I mean, the flooding and the, and the um, kicking the ball backwards uh, certainly doesn't do much no. for me. Well, just to, to chip in a little bit on, as an old full back, right, if we go back to that time, I can tell you that if I was playing on a full forward and he stayed in the goal square, I hated it. But if you could manage him to get him out sort of out of kicking range or get him out on the wing or, you know, whatever you think. Yeah, one out. Thank God uh, for that. No, because mm. he wasn't going to kick a goal on you. Mm. So from a purely selfish point of view. So I still, I agree with you here, I still think that if I was, maybe it's Jack Rewalt, right? So, and I'm playing on Jack Rewalt, and Jack Rewalt's running up the centre or the, the wing or whatever as a full back. I'll be going, you beauty, you know, get him out of there. Mm. Whereas if he sits back in the goal That's square, right, one out. One uh, out. And I, he's got an advantage because yeah, you've got I, a second guess what he well, does. I defy any full back to go running up in the centre of the ground mm. and try and get Bird. a kick if he's sitting back in the goal mm. square. But, but I don't understand, you know, the modern game or the tactics, and they're a lot different, there's no doubt about that. Now, they so were the glamour boys, Sammy, the full forwards. I mean, the Bones played full back a lot of the time. But I think your reputation is coloured a bit because people see you sometimes act the clown, like once sometimes. a week on the footy show. Yeah, He was a good player, wasn't he? Oh, yeah, very good player. Very good player. Yeah. Oh, very, very good player. What, what a loaded uh, question. Yeah. What, do you think, what do you think yeah. he's going to say? <laughs> I would have liked to when you say no. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Now, yeah. I, I, I watched him quite a bit as a, as a uh, footy journalist you know, in the latter part of his career. He was a very good player. I've got a question yeah. for Sam. I'd like to know um, Sam's feelings about being involved in the era of polypharma because, to me, the two best players I've ever seen in my life were polypharma and Lee Matthews. And you were sort of so much part of Polly's era. What was it like being in that era? Well, he was almost as uh, famous as you and he came to Geelong. Bob Davis got him over from Perth in 62. And um, he took Geelong by the scruff of the neck and uh, led them to a grand final in 63 yep. and almost in 67 and then left, mm. uh, went back to Perth. And um, people ask, who is the best player I've seen? I understand about Lee Matthews and there would be 20 people that you could name just straight off mm. the top of your head. But Farmer was the best. He had yeah. every part yeah. of it... Uh, Every part of it covered. Uh, Let me ask you, I know, physical, the I mental, know where you the stand with, with Polly, and I understand that, but you also are a big admirer of Simon Madden. Now, Simon Madden is the best ruckman that I've seen. And yep. Simon Madden kicked 575 goals. Are you telling me Polly was a better player than Madden? I, I'm, Simon, I couldn't agree with you more about Simon Madden, but Polly Farmer started all that business. Yeah. He started the fact that there was a technique to play in the ruck rather than get back 30 yards in those days and run and try and belt the thing. He started all that finesse and palming the ball, took it to the nth degree and started. He is the only man, Farmer, 
think about this, that's ever changed the game the way it's played. He is the first person in 62 or 3 to start what's known as offensive handball. That's not annoying. That is proactive <laughs> handball where he brought other people into the game yeah. rather than using it to get out of trouble. Yeah. And that has taken over the game. Even he was decades ahead of his time. Barry, yeah. I wanna, your career fascinates me, as, as does the careers of these yeah. two. But you played fullback in the 69 Richmond Premiership team mm -hmm. and full forward uh, in the 74, 74 yeah. Premiership team. Yeah. Now, it, it's inconceivable today. It just wouldn't happen. Blokes who play back just stay back, don't they? But, Mike, can I just no. say, two of the hardest players I ever played on as full backs were Barry and uh, Bob Murray, and they both played full forward and full back. But Murray didn't do that. It's a, Murray started as a forward, but then went yeah. back and stayed. Yeah, but that's yeah. what I'm saying. He, They both had the experience of playing as a full no, forward. Versatile, Mick. Yeah. Thank you, John. Versatility. They could think like a full forward. <laughs> well, that's, yeah. I, that's true, I think, yeah. Mm. I also played Ruck Rover in 67, so I actually played uh, as a speedy Ruck Rover, yeah. John. The point being, well, Lockett and Wade couldn't go up the other no, end they of the ground yeah. and defend. Yeah. Now, Hutto yeah. probably has the yeah. world's most famous knee, would we agree yeah. on that? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Hutto's knee, it occupied the newspapers for about five years. But you, you did your first knee <laughs> in your third or fourth game, didn't you? And played the rest of your career with a cruciate ligament. Correct, yeah, I did. Um, Oh, probably the fact that I was a physio helped a bit, but um, yeah, I, I played the first two games in the seniors straight out of school, uh, about 11 and a half stone, and you know, the first game on Tassie Johnson, ironically, mm. Uh, mm. the MCG. And then I got dropped after the first couple of games. I think I played two reserves games and then I did my knee. And that wasn't a good time. So in those days, just talking medically, you know, no one really knew how to operate on a on a cruciate ligament. A guy called John Grant mm -hmm. yeah, uh, was all the first of them. Several operations Sh from yeah. the great Grant. The great John Grant. Well, he treated John Coleman, actually. Yeah, John we'll, see, we'll see. John Coleman would have done a cruciate in those days, mm. I, I would imagine. Well, I, I don't yeah. mean, you, it's your yeah. area, but John Grant told me that yeah. Coleman dislocated his kneecap and that it was an injury that shouldn't have ended his career, okay. but, but Coleman yeah. chose to well, not So did Farmer on the right. year he came to Geelong, yeah. did his knee, did seriously? Cartilage. But I spent that... I'm not going to eat in case our table manager are on playing. That would be lovely, thank you. I spent that whole year not playing, and then most of the second year not playing. Nouvelle cuisine. <laughs> Don't overindulge it. <laughs> Pair that into four bits and give us a bit, will you? There you go. Yeah. Happy birthday. Yeah. 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 I'll, I'll put a candle in it. <laughs> After the break, more memories from three giants of the game, you included. <sighs> Sammy, at the end of 1975, I think you won the best and first at Chilong in... Uh, 75. 75. You then sought and a clearance. And 68. Yeah, I got that. <laughs> you won too. And so did he. Yeah. 68. Best and fairest, weren't you? Yep. 68. So you seek a clearance to play with Richmond and Bones' team Richmond. Uh, what yep. happened? You, you're captain of Geelong and you yep. won the best and fairest and you yep. want to leave. Ah, well, I got approached by Richmond to come and play. I'd moved my business up to Melbourne with Doug Wade and uh, I lived out at Donvale and to get down to Geelong was mm. like, it was a four hour day driving two hours down and two hours back every four or five times a week. So it seemed uh, sensible to do that, but um, Geelong wouldn't let me go and 
I think Richmond said that they would pay me to stand out of football. That's the only way you could transfer is if you stayed out yep. for a year. How much they, did Richmond offer you to do that? Uh, um, <laughs> don't press me, Peter. No. Um, uh, I would like to think I could give you an answer. I think it might have been seventy or eighty thousand dollars. Then I think so because my last contractual period with Geelong was for the last three years I got seventy thousand dollars and they would have at least for three years. No no a year. A year. You're kidding. Yep. You sure about that? I am absolutely positive. I have it on well a well paid. That in the last three years I was. And Richmond would have um, I'm sure matched that, uh, and said they'd pay me. You know that's 35 years ago, and you were getting 70,000 then. The last three years I played with Geelong. That's yeah. Wow. Anyhow, um, so my, uh, sorry, mate. My my 73. Sorry, Sam. Hmm? My 73 contract that Alan Schwab uh, handshake agree, handshake agreement 1973. I missed the year. Was five thousand dollars. Five thousand. Yeah. Well, look, so I'm. The, I uh, have was, said that. I got us. <laughs> I'll, I'll wait. So you were 14 times better than Barry I will wait for someone who at Geelong to say that that's not right. There's no one old enough. Uh, I, I think I have documents uh, that Jim. state this. Okay. Uh, now, I, I want to tell you that the part where you, you decided you wanted to go to Richmond, is it true that Sir Maurice Nathan, the then president of the Victorian Football League, yeah. called you to his office and told you about the possible ramifications of that move? That is absolutely right. I remember going up and him sitting behind his mahogany desk and he called me in, came up from Geelong to speak to him. And he said, I would like you to consider not standing out of football or Richmond, I think, said they would challenge it in court. And he said, please do not take any court action, he said, because the rules of our competition are probably under the banner of restrictive trade even in those days and we would probably lose and that would throw the whole competition mm. into disarray and uh, the fabric of what we have known it as would be um, completely useless. So I actually uh, took counsel from him and said I would not take any court action, uh, had one more go at trying to go to Richmond and in the end said I didn't want to stand out of football, had nothing to do with Geelong as opposed to I wasn't disgruntled or dissatisfied of being in Geelong. So uh, I came back after three weeks, about two weeks before the season started, Rod Olsen was the new coach, he dismissed me as captain mm. and rightly so. You weren't, you weren't upset by that? Not at all, no, no he, he, he had no other option because he couldn't have a captain in waiting just to see if, what I was doing. Came back after uh, two weeks of training and we played, uh, he picked me to play and he said, do you think you can play? I said, I think I can. Uh, so he picked me to play against South Melbourne at uh, the Lake Oval and um, the rest, as they say, is history. Mm. Tell us about the time you went you were in Mitter Mitter with, uh, was it Neil Barr? Oh, no, it actually was Gareth Andrews. Yeah. Yeah, this, this was quite funny, actually, because it was it'd be 25 years They'd ago. They'd ask me the judge of that vote. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Get on with it. Unfortunately, <laughs> I can't swear, so anyway. No, I can fill Okay, picture this. We've been fishing mm. uh, up the Mitter Mitter River. So 11 o'clock in the morning, we've gone to the Mitter Mitter pub, as you do. And we're sitting there with a couple of yeah, pots. There's a very large chap down the far end, about the same size as Sam here, big fella. Mm. And he kept sort of staring down the bar, you know, kind of staring down the bar. And then after all, and he, finally, he finally kind of wandered down. And he was a formidable looking chap. 
and I had to use the word bastard mm, here. That's okay. Um, yeah. Feel oh, free. No. So he's uh, really? yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know. I know it's a river. We'll bleep that. Probably yeah. that. Yeah. Anyway, he looked bastard. down the bar and he's kind of looked at looked me in the eye and he says, "It's you, you bastard." <laughs> 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 he says, "Yeah, it's you, you bastard." And I've gone, oh, God, can I help you, mate? And I sort of went back in my youth and thought, well, I've done something to this chap. And uh, then he said, I went all the way to the MCG by train <laughs> to see the great Peter Hudson. Oh. I didn't go to see you. <laughs> 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 and uh, with that, I'm going, oh, hey, would you like a beer? <laughs> <laughs> it was just the way you said it. Was, uh, very, very good. May I? Oh, no, <laughs> feel free. No. Now, you kicked over 100 goals five times? Yep. Now, mate, you got belted from pillar to post. Did you t resent that today, or is it part of the game? I know it's not part of the game today, but you must have, uh, you must have had your heart in your mouth every time you played, because I watched you getting absolutely polaxed. And it would be a very hard thing to concentrate on kicking 100 goals for five years in a row, or not in a row, and not worry about what was going on around you. There's more to that yeah. than there's the, the, yeah. the courage of that is uh, okay. lost okay. on a lot of people. A, don't waste it. Yeah, well, I, look, it was a different game. I mean, to get uh, the back of your head connected with time after time after time, which was a, a great trick of the fullbacks in those days. Trick. Some were, <laughs> well, some were better than tactics. others. <laughs> yeah, but and the fact there was only one umpire. There's no doubt about it that things happened, and uh, that one umpire never saw those things. But but then again, I think, to me, one of the real arts of playing football was to know where it was coming from, to have that sixth sense about where it was coming from. And it might just mean turning your head a bit that way or pulling your head back just a little bit that way. And, but I was never afraid to, to think about that side of it because I wanted to play the next week. I didn't want to be knocked out one week and not be able to play the next. So you missed, you didn't see where Cowboy was coming from in the 71 grand final? No. 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 Caught you by surprise? Yeah. yeah. Remove one of your ears? Yeah, well, you see, you, you can tell me all that because I can't remember yeah. it. And uh, it's, uh, it's something I don't have any yeah, memory of. The, the record, that you could have had the goal-kicking record in the VFL mm. that day. Mm. Kick one more goal and you're yeah. the highest goal-kicker in yeah. a season ever. Yeah. Do you resent that? Does no. It, no? No, because, and I've talked about this many times, A, we won the game, which was the most important thing. And B, from a selfish point of view, I was very fortunate. I had two goals early, and then I got another one which equaled the record. And it all hit me like a ton of bricks when I went to Bob Pratt's funeral. Okay. Mm. I was yeah. so glad. Yeah. And I, yeah. mm. I spoke to his daughter his, mm. uh, only a few weeks ago, and like, very selfishly, it was far better for me to equal that record yeah, and break it, because he played less games than I did. Mm. And uh, you know, to, to be talked about in the same Sentences for the same breath as Bob Pratt's pretty, Very pretty magnanimous. Yeah, it is, but isn't it interesting? There's two blokes who've kicked 150 goals in mm. football history. Mm. Bob Pratt was one, mm -hmm. Peter Hudson's the mm. other. Neither of them won the best and fairest that year. Mm. Bob Pratt asked that, a bloke, that is Bob Pratt asked is. A, a committee man at South Melbourne, he said, um, How come I didn't win the best and fairest? I said, We didn't think you were consistent enough, mate. They played 20 <laughs> games, he kicked 150 yeah. goals. Golf, boys, we're all keen on it. Yeah, I'm yeah. hopeless at it. Uh, well, 
we probably a couple of us would put our hands up for that. <laughs> uh, you're good. No. And no, you're no. and you're good. No, average. Um, but anyway, now let's go back to uh, a game at um, was it Yarra Bend where you three played mm, yeah. about fifty years yeah. ago, yeah. more than fifty years ago. What, who had a hole in one? You, mm, myself, playing with these two. Playing with these two. I think the scorecard read something like you know, nine, eight, uh, eight, uh, one. eleven, one. <laughs> but that's there. Okay. It was a Dunlop sixty-five. Oh, that's right. The small ball. Yeah, Dunlop sixty-five. That's right. the small ball. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, how, what was the camaraderie like when you were playing? It's better. I suspect it was better than it is now. Most um, of the players. Well, look, I wouldn't call us all bosom buddies, but I think there was kind of a you know a mutual respect. Yeah. I would suggest. Yeah. Oh, and and we we obviously then. You know, he must have got on okay at the promotion. No, no he's yeah. under. So I'd yeah. say we were the people we played against in our era. We were great friends. Yeah, with I would have thought we that. We were very tough combatants <coughs> on the field, but I tell you what, we in, had no problems uh, mixing socially with anyone. Are you are you a fraction unfulfilled because you didn't play in the premiership team? Not at all. No. Never worry about things you don't have control over, Mick. You can waste a hell of a lot of energy. But you two have done it. Mm. There is an extra dimension, is there not? You're having, oh. You've got three flags, right? Mm. Okay. And, yeah. and we talked recently, yeah. Barnes, yeah. about yeah. We, we appreciate players more mm. when they've got premierships. Yeah. Oh, no, I, that, um, mm. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And Are it's you also saying not I'm disappointed not playing yeah. one? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Can't do anything yeah. about it, so don't worry about it. Mm. And also some fairly bad players have played in premiership sides. Yes. With, yeah. you know, I was not going to name them, but some, that doesn't necessarily mean you're a great player. However, it's a good thing to do. And I, look, I was great lucky. on your CV. Yeah. Mm. It's a wonderful thing to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's a good yeah. thing to do. But, uh, yeah. Let me tell you that I've had um, the great fortune to do something that I considered to be over and above that. Captain coach? No, that's to see my son play mm, yeah, in a premiership yeah. for the mm, same yeah, yeah. side. Yeah, you got a bigger thrill out of that, I reckon. It's, oh, it is huge. my number one. My, in, in your footy my number one thing in my yeah. yeah. Probably you can never say that So Paul played in the ninety one. Yeah, I played seventy one, he played yeah. ninety one. Yeah. And you, you can never say there's anything really greater than um, playing in a grand final as as a footballer, as an individual, but you know, for, there are only four people that can talk about this because yeah. there are only four fathers and sons that have played in premiership sides wow. for the same club. And you know, Barry's played in three and you, you never forget it. I can't remember my one, but I never forget it. If you know what I mean. <laughs> but that, that, you know, to have Paul do that was just really indescribable. Yeah. Mm. No. yeah. Um, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> right, boys, you've all been coached by immortal names in this game. Hutto, you had John Kennedy, Barry, Tommy Hayfield, and you had Bobby Davis, Sam. Two-part question to you. Tell us a bit about John Kennedy, and also, is it true that the day Richardson kept you goalless, Kennedy dragged you? Well, as far as I can remember, that, that was the day, yeah. <laughs> so, John Kennedy, in a sentence. Um, unbelievable man. I mean, he, he had so many things about him that it's hard to describe it, but, but everybody was in awe of him. And I've never struck anyone in my life that can command respect like he did. Were you scared of him? I, I, it's a good question because in a funny sort of way I suppose you were um, scared of the fact that you didn't want to do anything wrong. Yep. Um, and I, I know I've driven home, I've had days and I've driven home after having a good day, like let's say for 
pick a number, let's say you kicked 10 or 12 goals, had a real day <laughs> It's a reasonable day, isn't it? One of those. <laughs> um, you'd be in the car driving home thinking, oh, hell, God, I'm in for it this week. Because John's style was the better you played or the more you started in a particular match, the more he would bring you back to earth. Okay. And, uh, oh, yeah. and oh, I used to live in fear of Tuesday night training after I'd had a really good day. You and didn't that, go to training, did you? I, I, yeah, I used to go to training. I hated it. I, I hated <laughs> it. If I can tell you about Hawthorne's training, consider this. The rack today, coach, the rack Today's coach. day and age. Oh, yeah, when I coach. lived in Melbourne, Geelong asked Hawthorne, when Kennedy was the coach, if I could train with Hawthorne. And the only time I couldn't uh, join the group was when they were talking tactically about what they were going to do next week. Uh, he'd call them into the centre. I would just do, run around the boundary. So you trained with Hawthorne during Hawthorn. the season? During the season. In, in your Geelong top? In, um, well, I'm not sure if I could in my Geelong top. I can't remember that. But, um, Isn't that, that is, as well, younger people would find it inconceivable. They sought yeah. permission, yeah. Geelong yeah. did. And so you did it for the, for the entire season? I uh, did it for... I, I, um, can't recall that, but I remember going down there several times and training with them. Bones, tell us about Tommy Hafey. He's known as a fitness <coughs> maniac. Um, the Richmond players revered him, as did the Collingwood players for much of the time. What are your memories of Tommy? Uh, memories of Tommy, um, bluntly, not a great tactician. Um, probably not unlike John Kennedy in that way. You know, grab the ball, kick it as long as you can, start a brawl. As long as you can, start another brawl. Right? And guys like Barmy were probably quite amenable to that task. Um, so, not a great tactician, um, but uh, kind of almost worked in a country way. Like he he uh, coached Shepparton, and they all loved him up there because he was always you know, involved in the community and the whole lot. Yeah. Ahead of his time with fitness, I think. I think we're the first side to train three nights a week, Wednesday nights as well. Around 400 metres was. You know, murderous sort of a night. Yeah. Oh, it's hard to put your finger on it because everywhere he went, um, he seemed to engender the same sort of respect. He went from to the Geelong for a while. Yeah. He was at uh, you know the Swans. He did well with. So everywhere he went, he did really well. So whatever his formula was, which was in May, uh, very very simple, um, get the ball, kick it as far as you can, one handball, kick it to Royce, kick it to Royce. Yeah. You know, yeah. um, that was it. So. But all those people, it'd be fair to say they were, they were great people managers. Hmm. And I, one of the things that hit me not so long ago when I realised how many school teachers are part of the Hawthorne coaching team, and uh, including Alistair and Chris Fagan and so on. Um, and my first coach in Tasmania was a school teacher, Triple E O, fantastic coach. Then John Kennedy, school teacher. Mm. It, it's um, and somebody asked the question. The thing I was at about why Hawthorne got so many school teachers, and they said the answer was uh, there's so much teaching of young people in life and in football these days. What better way to do it than to have a teacher doing it? I tell you, what, Tommy. I got a suspicion that Tommy wasn't a school teacher. He was running, jumping, kicking. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he used to lose his G's a bit, Tommy. Yeah. No, just, just a but touch. I tell you what, yeah. he was a very simply articulate man, though, mm. as far as passionately speaking about football to his charges. Mm. And at functions I used to go to, and he used yep. to speak seriously about football, and I used to do the other side of things. We were quite a good team. People were fascinated by his... He was very logical and very sensible. Your so coach, Sammy, Bobby yeah, Davis. Yeah. Now, I think Bobby was so self-effacing in a way yeah, that people didn't realise 
that he must have been good at his job. But That's I remember correct. him saying the most important thing for him in 63 was to remind the blokes what colour shorts to wear. No, he was very self-effacing. His words, he was the first of the non-thinking coaches. <laughs> uh, they, they, well, he was your words. first coach, wasn't he? He was. Yeah. Uh, he was if I could sum him up in one word, he was just absolutely unorthodox. He, he wanted people to play for him and the side in spite of him and the side. And he was very good off the ground as far as uh, marshalling the troops and making sure every, the camaraderie of the whole network was uh, as it should be. And as uh, Barry said, he wasn't a great tactician, but of course didn't have to be because mm. he played, he, he commanded a side that was supreme in the years that he was there. You've coached. Yep. What did you learn from that? Taking the player's perspective into that role, what was the most illuminating fact that you came across as a coach, the difference between playing and coaching? Yeah, you almost got to think about it slightly longer. Um, but it's, you know, coaching is, uh, oh, you've coached. You have You've got to get people to play for you, not in yeah. spite of you. Yeah, look, I think the Surely. best definition of coaching um, was my great mate Neville Roberts, who was coaching in Norwood. And uh, I rang him one day and I said, how are you going? Having a bit of a rough trot. And he said, Exploitive deleted. How am I going? Yeah. <laughs> he said, I've got all these variables running around a big oval controlling my deleted Destiny. life. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. Mm. And I reckon it was the best definition of coaching. Because when you're coaching, you, you coach all week to say, we're going to do this, do this, and this. They bounce the ball, they do something opposite. Mm. And it just absolutely drives you berserk. I, I went from being a calm person to <laughs> raving lunatic in two years. <laughs> Boys, you're all 70. I'm a long way away from it at the moment, but we'll get there hopefully. <laughs> what's been... What's when been are you 70? Um, Tomorrow. 2017. Are you? Yeah. Um, what's been the highlight? Is there, is there a highlight, <clears throat> a standout point in your life? 70 is a long time to reflect on. What are you most proud of? Oh, wow. Well, For football, football wise? Football wise? Well, just football well in, in my case, I can say that since 1961, at Hawthorne. I wasn't a Hawthorne supporter in 1961. It wasn't until I went there in 67. But in football terms, what Hawthorne has done since 1961, and to be a part of 12 thirteenths of that, is just incredible. Mm. I mean, I'd, a lot of people will look back and realise what a fantastic era it's been for the Hawthorne Football Club. And from purely football, that takes some beating. Because you're, you're still the number one ticket holder. Yeah, of which is yeah, which I, I treat as an absolute honour. I really uh, appreciate that. And but to be to have a reason to be there and see so much of what I see close up, um, I, I just can't mm. uh, can't believe what it's been like. What did the premierships mean to you when they, you didn't enjoy premiership success personally, no. but you've seen them since? Absolutely. Have a great. Uh, is it important to you? Uh, what. He, that man there, birthday boy, says he's absolutely spot on. My whole anything I've achieved, whatever that be in life, has been due to the fact I've played football for Geelong. I love that club, despite what people yeah. have said. I've criticised it in mm. the past and probably will criticise it in the future. I'm a Team of the Century member. I'm a Hall of Famer at Geelong. And my whole life and what I've achieved is due to the fact that I've played for that great club. Yeah. And I love it. You mean that, do you? 
You mean your success now? Absolutely. Is all born off the back of your playing Completely. Group. If I hadn't played football, I wouldn't have got a chance to be on a footy show. Mm. I wouldn't have had a chance to write, be on the radio. Yeah. Uh, the fact that I lasted 18 years at Geelong and uh, played 300 games is... Uh, I, I, and all the injuries and the hardships that go with it and the on and off the field, I uh, owe that entirely to the football club and I'm so proud to be a member of it. I enjoy their premierships and sometimes, as I say, I get offside with them because I say what I think, but um, people should not lose sight of the fact that uh, it has been a great honour. I'll and come to you shortly about that. And the other thing, Mike, about it, I think what Sam's saying, and I know what I said, is genuine. Mm. It's not fluffy or flowery. No, it's, it's nice to see yeah. you in this sort of mood too. Before you end, don't answer that. I want to ask you about um, the one regret at Geelong in your playing career, as distinguished as it was, you started your 300th game yep. on the bench. I did. Does that still irk you? Uh, well, to a certain extent, and I've spoken about this, Bill Goggin was the coach. Uh, I respect and admire Bill Goggin. I'm not sure that I respected or admired him for that decision on that day, but that's... As we say, I'd hate to use this tired old cliche, but the club is bigger than the individual. Yeah. I did start on the bench. I then came onto the ground after, I think, 10 minutes uh, and played on Rene Kink at centre-half forward. He was at centre-half back. We won the game. So my uh, 300th game at least had a memory of us winning the game. I went on and played three more games after that and was... Uh, the last game I played was on Mick Malthouse, who uh, knocked me down and got reported for knocking me down um, <laughs> in 1980 at Waverley. And um, we got beaten in that uh, game and I got dropped for the next game and that was the last game I played. Barry, you finished your career in a premiership team, mm -hmm. 1974, mm -hmm. kicked five goals and in fact I think your last kick in league football was a goal. Correct, it was. Yeah. And you were gone at 28. Yeah. I mean, you've got a career that you're certainly entitled to be very proud of. But are there any regrets that I mean that your legs didn't allow you to play longer? Or that you... uh, oh, I can sound highly egotistical here because I uh, because I, I went to Richmond as a high leaping forward. You know, I was a high jumper at school, or whatever. And when I did my knee, um, this is the regret, right? And unbelievably grateful for having achieved what I was able to do, but. The regret was that uh, I, I reckon that I probably, because of that injury, um, played 12 games a year over mm -hmm. you know, 10 years or something like that, uh, was always a battle. Um, so the regret was it was always a battle. I could never jump anymore, hence going to full back for three or four years and mm -hmm. you know, try to hit people behind the head or whatever. But, um, <laughs> so full, full back, full back uh, was reasonable. <laughs> And then, um, <coughs> then still dwelling on injury, I did my knee again, my good knee, in the first game of 1973, first quarter of the first game of 1973. We'd lost the grand final in 1972, which is a bad feeling, a really bad feeling. Um, but a worse feeling, and this is a really selfish feeling, is if you miss out on a grand final and you know you would be playing in, but you're not there. Which you did in 73. Which you did in 73. Yeah. No, I did in 67. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's, the same. Yeah. It's, a, it's a really lousy feeling. Because yeah. honestly, yeah. You, you're half hoping they lose. <laughs> really, you are. I've often, it's nice to yeah. hear some oh, honesty oh, about yeah. this. It's nice to hear some honesty about yeah. it. Everyone says the team yeah. game and the team comes yeah, first, I which I know it must. But I reckon I was half hoping they'll lose. Now, that's, that's being honest. But as a that's result. That's too of, honest. Yeah, but, but as a re <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. 
I suppose the difference if you're injured as opposed to being dropped. Yeah, yeah injured. Mm. Yep. I think injured. What I was proud of was being able to mm. then make a decision in 73, have another operation on the good knee, and then I made a comeback in 1974 and managed, unfortunately it was a cruciate in that one too, I'm told later on. Um, John Barber's operator and said, yep, you haven't got a cruciate in that one either. I was like, oh, yeah, good. So I ended up playing about three, three reserves games, two senior games. This is a luck. Mm. It really is luck. Mm. Two reserves games, sort of, you know, three senior games. Mm. Mel Brown threw a, a, a ball at the umpire. That's right. Yeah. Got rubbed um, out. He got, he got rubbed yeah. out. Would I have been included on my reserve grade form? Possibly not. But anyway, I've, they put me back in the side and kicked, you know, did I okay? Kick five. Yeah, yeah, kick five and then kick five and then kick five and kick five. So wow. it was all right. Are you going to ask yeah. him where he got the, the nickname Bones from? Bones because he broke everything. Yeah, well, yeah. but when I played him, I worked out what it was, I think, uh, that he, he pierced my back and with, with, bony. with his bony. Oh, <laughs> but when I, the funny part about Barry, I can remember when he, when he played on Barry, it, it was like playing on an octopus. It seemed to be tentacles and arms and things coming from all directions. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember, a bit like Silvani used yeah. to play. Yeah. Just sort of wrap people up but not quite break the rules. When we come back, a few personal highlights of great careers. Did you think you were a good player? No, seriously, I know he's just said he hoped that yeah. Richmond lost when he wasn't playing. Do you think he was a good player? Does he think he was a good player? Or do you yeah. think you were just a workman? Be honest, Harry. Yeah, no, I, I had to talk at a thing this week, and I just look at it this way, and hindsight's a wonderful thing, but yeah, I kicked 57 in the first year and thought I could do better than that, and, and I did each year. And then I sat back and I thought, well, not too many people have kicked the goal average that I've kicked and in fact no one no, has. No one has, yeah. And 150's only ever been done once. Now, I'm too old and too ugly to worry about bragging about those things but they're the facts. Did, did and you, I'm happy with that. I feel like I, I've been able to get a very good career. In the end, did you actually do it? Did you become preoccupied with you kicking goals in the end and think, gee, good I'm question, Sammy. preoccupied with you um, massaging your record and your, uh, your achievements? No. It never no, ever. No, and, and let me say about John Kennedy, that would never happen. He would never let it happen. He, he would never allow it. And but he's not inside your body. No, but yeah, I, I honestly, I wanted to win a premiership at Hawthorne. I went there 67. We won one 71, and I always think, in, in if you were a racehorse trainer and you trained your horse to do that, uh, in that sort of time then you'd say you've been successful. And I, I, I had the opportunity to go to most of the clubs in those days, as Polly would have, as mm. anybody, Barry Cable, anybody mm. would. And I chose Hawthorne, and we went from 67 to winning a premiership in 71, and that's good enough for me. And you like the game today? I, yeah, I do, I love it, Sam, yeah, I do. I, I love watching, I'm in awe of the skills, I'm in yeah. awe of the fitness, yeah. But I, you know, I do have those problems with kicking the ball backwards and flooding. Mm. But so, but but when I you first you don't started, really like the game today. But you don't know the game. No, I do. You don't watch it. I do. You Correct. say to me, yeah. you don't watch the game. Correct. How can you have an objective view about what the oh, game well, is? Well, because you watch bits of it to get the score, and you watch bits of it on the news, and you watch bits of it. And the fact I don't watch it is because it doesn't 
make me enamoured with what it should be. Can I read but, something just very quickly? I'm feeling like a very bad person here. When you missed out on 1967, <laughs> right? I'm feeling like We're a back real on that This is going to haunt you. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling like a real mongrel here. I didn't really hope they lose, no. But did, did you feel a, a real sense of not kind of being part of it or Absol a sense of regret or, oh, you know, don't you reckon? Absolutely. Being yeah, I really felt that. A sense yeah, of not being part of it. Sam, can, I, actually can I raise one thing with you? Anything. In 1963, mm -hmm. I watched Geelong mm -hmm. beat Hawthorne. Hawthorne. I had no affiliation yep. with Hawthorne there. You guys would have trained the same as we did, Tuesday nights, Thursday nights, yep. after work. Yep. I can never... I don't think I've ever seen a more skillful side than that 63 mm. side. Yep. When the guys today should be skillful because they do it eight days a week. But in those few hours in the week... Yep. That side was so, and I still can see Sharrick, Muller, yep. Polinelli. Um, it, 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 there was talent all over the ground with the toughest of back lines, yep. like uh, John Devine and Rosenau. Mm -hmm. Yep. It, it, like that side was very, very special. Yep. Yep. Did you feel that when you were playing there that that was a pretty special side? Uh, we, did, we were in the finals every year of the decade of the 60s through to the 70s, and uh, this is my, this is vaguely where I'm coming from. Has it evolved that much that that game that you remember in 63 mm. is so abhorrent today that no one actually even goes anywhere near that sort of football? Mm. We play contrived, circuitous football which goes round and round and never get it down mm. to the sorry, people who... What's, what's circuitous? It goes circles. round in circles. Oh, oh sorry, okay. <laughs> Cir circuitry. Yeah. It goes down to people like you, mm. as he just said, some time ago. Mm. Um, the great fear he had when he played on a full forward mm. is that he might be left one out with mm. him down in mm. the square and he thinks, my God, I've got mm. to wait for you to make a move mm. and then I've got to react. Mm. And why that doesn't happen more frequently yeah, because, today... Because they won't allow one to play on one side. That's a bit, yeah. but, the opposition but comes in another bloke's back. Not, but is it, it's not logical to yeah. play that way. Yeah. This well, is my point. But, but Sam, I'll, I'll bet you one thing. You put Tony Lockett in any side, in any era, and they'll go to him. The team will go to him. No matter what the style of play is, he would command the ball so much and he was such a great player. And, but I don't see any Tony Lockett playing today. Tony Lockett, unlike, say, when we talked about analogue Matthew Richardson, right, who was you know, a very, very fine player, yes. But Matthew Richardson commanded the ball. Mm. But they didn't, but didn't kick say it to him. Go, well, they did, but they kicked it to him because he ran out in the wing somewhere mm. and still command the ball. Because that would take so never, long to get it never down do to that. No. This is, no, this is for yeah. another time. Yeah, all right. Uh, I mean, you both will be tired. We've had a long time. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to have a nap shortly. <laughs> hey, it's been, yeah. it's been great uh, <laughs> travelling through uh, the 50 years the annals we've all had in footy. Really enjoyed catching yeah. up. Nice to talk to you. Yeah. Well, I'm going to walk home about that far off the ground now that this load is off my shoulder. Yeah, I'm glad you cleared it's got out there. <laughs> for a start, or is that, a, is that not cardboard? Cut the cake. Yeah, cut, cut the cake, Peter. What, what? Yeah, yeah, with the olive knife. You're going to blow candles <laughs> out or something? <laughs> 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 what about the candles? I think 
they thought the cameras might set us all alight. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Good job. I really enjoyed it. No. Great travelling down memory and lane. And Mick, you're a star at doing this. And congratulations to you for yeah. actually speaking to people in the game and bringing the human side to AFL football. Yeah. And I mean that sincerely. Yeah. Thank you, John. Yeah. Shut up. Hello, now. Or reiterate? Reiterate your Or just iterate? Yeah. Yeah. I might go home this far. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thanks, boys. Got you, Michael. This has been a Fox Footy production. Part of the Fox Sports Network.